Hello there. You are listening to At The Well, the weekly Bible podcast that helps you see yourself in the stories of Scripture. I'm Jarrell. I'm Charles. And I'm Eli. And we're delighted that you're joining us in this week's discussion. Gentlemen, back back at it again. How, how, how are we feeling today? It is a beautiful day to start. It's fantastic. It's gorgeous. It's I walked outside this morning. I was like, it's time for football. It's not time for football because... Well, I mean, it's, the Big Ten, it's, anyway. That's, that's a whole... <laughs> that's a whole nother thing. That's a whole thing. Ooh. I've been getting briefed on, um, so I went to the University of Michigan. I've been getting a lot of information on how they're handling COVID exclusively through a UMich memes page on Facebook that I've been in <laughs> that I don't really pay attention to. So it's amazing because it's like, it's memes and it's jokes, but I'm also like, I know enough from the content to be like, Oh, that's a bad idea. Oh, I'm a little disappointed. Like, that's not a thing that should be happening right now. Uh, <laughs> and football is one of the things that now is, yeah. You like, how are you doing? I'm fine. It's absolutely gorgeous outside, like both of you said. Uh, as Charles would put it, good golfing weather. Um, I was going to say. <laughs> thank you for saying it for me. I was about to say, how long until Charles brings up golf? <laughs> Listen, the second major of the year is happening, you, the U.S. Open right now, so my mind is on golf. Nice. <laughs> also, I'm well fed. We It's it's a snack time recording session, and Eli's not hangry. <laughs> this is this is the first time that we've had like common snacks for a recording, and Eli is, is winning the snack game right now. Absolutely. It's glorious. Absolutely. So we, we are all happy and well fed. Goodness. So let's get things started with... Our question of the week segment, if you'd like to submit a question for us to answer during the segment, all you can do, have to do is email us at threeguysatthewell at gmail.com. That's the number three, guys at the well, all one word in lowercase at gmail.com. So our question for today uh, comes from my wife, Sandy, who's been asking for a shout out on this podcast for a while. There you go. Um, she probably expected it to be more romantic than that. Can't wait for this episode to air in a month. Um, so this question is, if you had followed your childhood dreams, what would you be right now? Mm. So assuming we have all given up on our childhood <laughs> dreams, what would we be doing instead? So I guess I had two childhood vocations for myself. Um, at first, and this is going to sound odd. I honestly wanted to be a secretary. I wanted to be somebody's right hand man. Somebody very important. How gunned! Like, I didn't want to be the head person because they get all the flack, but I did want to be that person that holds and sustains that person up. Mm, um, I liked that. Nice. And I always like the side characters in shows that either provide, like, witty commentary or, like, sustain the person or... I liked Alfred way more than Batman because Alfred was the go-to person Alfred for Batman. Boss. He was boss, right? So, like... I just like that. Um, and the next one is is a writer. Um, like I grew up writing and drawing. Um, I'm kind of still doing that. So I don't think I gave up on that. It's just not a career right now. Mm, I feel that. I feel that. Yeah, and no, I'm going to, similar to your last point, I think in second grade, I would just decided I want to be a writer. I don't know why, but I think I've always just really appreciated well-told stories and have always loved making up my own stories. Um, so if I were to go with second grade Jarrell, I'd be a writer. But that, like you said, that's something I'm working on now and like in, investing more in as a hobby to get better at it. So, yeah, hopefully one day I'll be able to to live that out. Nice. 
I um, I'm gonna I don't remember what I wanted to be as a child. Um, and if I did, it was probably like a professional golfer or a basketball player. So that's lame. That's a lame answer. So when I really remember maybe eighth grade, freshman year of high school, I wanted to be one of two things, either a um, police officer or a, a marine biologist. Oh. Um, so, yeah, I, I was dead set in eighth grade of becoming a marine bi biologist. And then wow. I think the reality hit me when I realized I needed to like go to Florida or some yeah, other coastal school. coastal school in order to actually like have a chance at any kind of career in that. And I was like, yeah, no. I was like, fish for men. Yeah. <laughs> I got you. That's what that's what the Lord was like. <laughs> if only you knew. Maybe Peter was actually a marine biologist. <laughs> like, maybe he wasn't a very good fisherman, but he knew what all those fish were. Oh, that's a trout. That's a bass. That's some carp. Peter, can you catch some of this for dinner? That's a trout. That's a bass. That's a carp. <laughs> It's not. It's not too late, Charles. I've had two students who have wanted to be marine biologists. One of them, I think, is graduating this year. Wow. So really, that they just need to be missionaries. That's what that is. Anyone who wants to be in marine biology, or yeah. uh, <laughs> I think that's. I think that's the call. So if there are any marine biologists listening here, you know, discern your vocation and um, see where the Lord would take you. All right. This week's passage <laughs> is from Matthew chapter twenty-six, verses fourteen through sixteen verses 47 through 49, and Matthew 27, verses 3 through 5. So we're jumping around a lot for this one. But if you have your Bible and you aren't driving, you can start turning there now while I set the scene. Pressure rested heavily on Judas's chest. This was not what he had signed up for. This teacher and healer who attracted scores of people to him through his miracles and messages of salvation was now an enemy of the state, marked for death by some very powerful people. The walls were closing in on Judas. He knew better than to make an enemy of Rome, and yet this is exactly what Jesus was doing. But there was an out. He could betray this so-called teacher for a hefty sum. What else did he have to lose? The government was bearing down on them. They would probably all be killed anyway, and Jesus himself confirmed that he knew what was in Judas's heart. Judas had nothing left to lose, so he left dinner early, and went to give some valuable information to the chief priest. Then one of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priest and said, What are you willing to give me if I deliver him to you? And they counted out to him thirty pieces of silver. So from that time, he sought opportunity to betray him. And while Jesus was still speaking, behold, Judas, one of the twelve, with a great multitude with swords and clubs, came from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now his betrayer had given them a sign, saying, Whomever I kiss, he is the one. Seize him. Immediately he went up to Jesus and said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. Then Judas, his betrayer, seeing that he had been condemned, was remorseful and brought back the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. And they said, What is that to us? You see to it. Then he threw down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. Gentlemen, in what ways is Judas Iscariot just like us? Um, so Judas is just like us because it says he looked for an opportunity to betray him. Um, when our hearts are not like invested in the relationship with God, 
eventually our actions won't be either. Mm. Um, we can grow up in the church all we want, um, but if we're not like wholeheartedly in it, uh, when the opportunity arises to do something selfish or or uh, or evil or ungodly, we will end up taking it. One of the most helpful definitions of sin that I've encountered in scripture is found in Paul's letter to the early church in Rome. He defined it as seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment. Mm. And so God makes the effort to draw the line in the sand by establishing his commandments, by walking with us and setting boundaries. And rather than run away from the line, we wind up making every effort, every effort to, to cross it. Mm. Um, and I think, I see that in myself and I see that in other people along with Jesus. Mm. Yeah. It's uh, reading this, especially with the paradigm of just like us is pretty sobering. Yeah. Um, that was kind of my takeaway. Um, and I think uh, you mentioned selfishness versus selflessness. Um, and that's one of my takeaways was that Judas betrays Jesus for, for selfish reasons, for monetary gain, for notoriety, to not be on the wrong side of history or whatever it was. Um, and just like Judas, we often, when we do turn away from the Lord in our sin and our mistakes, it's often for selfish reasons. We're, we're like seeking monetary gain, um, physical, emotional gain or pleasure. And it's all just really temporary and fleeting pleasure or mm. gain. Um, <laughs> And it's, it's, it's selfish, much like Judas's de decision, um, as opposed to reflecting and imitating Christ, which is um, really being selfless. Yeah, I, I agree with your point about it being very sobering. And I think it's as hard as it is to kind of ask the question is what way, in what way is like Judas Iscariot just like me or in what way am I just like him? I think it's super important that we do. Um, because I think I, I, we might have talked about this in previous episodes or just this is a random rant and other things. But I think that one of the mistakes we make as Christians is when we relate only to the characters that we want to see ourselves mm. in. And we relate only to the character in Scripture where it's like, look at the ways that I'm like David. And look at the way, well, David in certain contexts. <laughs> it, is it is very likely you could also be like, I'm always, am I just like David and be less enthused? But I, I think it's incredibly important because if we don't allow ourselves uh, to see ourselves in the characters in Scripture that we know to be wrong, that we know to be sinful, that we know to have turned away from God in some way, then we don't pre we don't like take on the the whole of the gospel. We only take on this idea of that I can only relate to those that are good, and I am even though I am not. And I think it's important for the sake of humility and for engaging with the scriptures well that we allow ourselves to be humbled and sober-minded to be like, yeah, this is, I am like this person. And so how is this a cautionary tale um, to how to not be? Um, anyway, specifically for Judas, Judas is just like us because he tried to use Jesus as a means to get what he really wanted. And I think that, like, in um, one of the verses I came upon when I was looking into this passage was in John 12, where the woman, there's a woman who breaks open this really expensive bottle of um, perfume and anoints Jesus with it. And Judas pipes in, it's from John 12, verse 5. He says, why, isn't, why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. 
And then it says, he did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And as a keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself who was, was put into it. And so we see this consistency in Judas that he followed really closely beside Jesus for three years. But the entire time, his mind was not, I'm following after Jesus. It's like, I'm following after Jesus so that I can get this. It was Jesus and. And for him, it was Jesus and money. And I think that for a lot of us, sometimes we, like he's he's using this idea of like the, the morals and the virtues that Jesus lived by of let's give this to the poor as a smokescreen for what his true intentions are. And I think that's something that's way too common in Christian culture now where we say things to look as if we are being selfless, but in reality, it's masking for us Jesus and money, Jesus and comfort, Jesus and a relationship, Jesus and um, my like a, a status or something like that. And so I think that there's a there's a caution with Judas to not see Jesus as Jesus and, but just the Lord himself and not to kind of use him so that we can get to another place that we want to be, um, which I think is really easy to fall into. Yeah, that was a point that I, I wrote down um, that it just struck me that Judas, here's a man who Jesus called <clears throat> to follow him, um, spent three years in the presence of Christ himself, um, taking on his teachings. And as we see in that passage you just mentioned, and in this passage, completely misses the message that Christ is teaching and misappropriates it completely. And isn't that true of us? Mm. How, you know, regardless of where we are, if we spent, you know, we grew up in the church, we grew up following the Lord or came to Christ later, how often do we who, are, who call ourselves followers of Christ misappropriate or misappropriate or miss the message entirely mm. and apply it in a different way like it, it was in the John passage or just like ourselves betray the trust of Jesus um, and that's kind of it's kind of sobering to be like I follow Christ but I have the tendency just like Judas to like completely miss the mark mm-hmm. completely miss the the aim the goal um, the what the uh, the target for what Christ is talking about in whatever mm-hmm. context or, or message or situation it might be. I think as well, I, really quickly, I don't want to, I think as well, like, if there's anything really important to take from Judas and from this passage, it's exactly that. And it's the notion that, like, what happened with Judas seen because he is the betrayer, like, he's mentioned like that three times. He's seen as such a villain in scripture that we kind of remove his sins from the realm of possibility for us. Yeah. I think it's important to recognize that what he did was actually is actually very, very easy to fall into. Um, to be someone who is doing all the things, like I'm in church all the time, I'm reading my Bible, and it, like you said, Charles, for it to completely go over our heads and to miss it, and to live a life where we're justifying really working out our own ulterior motives instead of following faithfully after Jesus. I think, like, like Judas had the Messiah right there and this still happened. So I think that's a huge cautionary tale for us to recognize. This is not just some cartoonishly evil villain who did a bad thing. This is a guy who had every reason to know better and do better and didn't. And the same kind of thing can befall us if we're not discerning, if we are not active in our faith, if we are not putting ourselves before the Lord for the sake of the Lord himself instead of 
pushing forward with her own agendas. Um, on the in this in a similar vein to he's not just some cartoonishly evil villain. He was real. Like Judas existed. He took up space on this planet. Um, also, the notion of like there was Judas betrayed Jesus. Like and so for there to be betrayal, there also has to have been something genuine there. Mm. And in verse fifty. Uh, Judas being super fake was like, greetings, Rabbi, and then he kissed him. And Jesus' response was, do what you came for, friend. Mm. And I can't imagine the heartbreak that Jesus had to endure. Mm. Like, you, like, I appointed you. And it's not like Jesus didn't know that he was going to betray him. He knew. He told him. He told him. But that doesn't mean that it that in Christ's humanity, he wasn't heartbroken for, oh, this is how my... This is how the like. This is how my sacrifice is going to play out. This is the role that Judas has in my suffering, um, and so like I, it, it had me thinking about the person of Judas, and like he was a Jewish man, and so similarly to the Pharisees, um, some thought in his mind must have persisted mm. um, to draw him to the same inaccurate conclusions about Jesus that some of the Pharisees, Sadducees, and other opponents of Jesus came to as well. Right. Um, and so maybe during Jesus' sermons, Judas was paying more attention to Jesus' critics than to God himself speaking mm. in the flesh. <laughs> well, okay. And I know in, a, in, in the context of like the just like us, how many times I have like leaned into my cynicism during a sermon mm. that has challenged me. Mm. And, and rather than being humble and just saying, yes, Lord. I accept that discipline. I've been like, well, I heard on YouTube the other day. You know what I'm saying? Ooh, yeah. Like, like if you want to know God, literally the worst place you could go to is to someone who hates God. Mm -hmm. And if you notice who Judas goes to, he went to the fa like he went to those who were plotting against him. Of course they're gonna give you cash. Of course they're gonna like try and like bribe you to further their cause. Of course they're gonna go along with you in in your rebelliousness. Why would anyone check you? And um, just to come to the conclusion that like cynicism is not the same thing as thinking critically. Mm, um, good point. Yeah, I don't mm, think Judas's was. I don't think whatever he was feeling when he decided to betray Jesus was valid. And just because you have an emotion doesn't mean it's something you should lean into. Mm -hmm. It's something to be assessed and discerned about. Make sense? Mm, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. A, a lot of good words. I think it's as I... I mean, this is hard, right? Like, how are we like Judas? And Judas is known for a very notorious yeah. thing. Um, but I also thought, um, and I, I, I want to echo Jarrell's point, like it's important for us to, how are we like these people and not just uh, have rose-tinted glasses about the, pe the characters and the people in the Bible whom we um, want to be like. But I also think it's important not necessarily... Uh, to just focus on that, but also focus on how we are encouraged and called to not be like mm. Judas in this particular instance. Um, and uh, I was struck by, I mean, if you read later, I mean, at, at the end of the passage, Judas hangs himself. Um, and I was, I wrote down, I want to make a point of how we're not like Judas in that our focus should be on the forgiveness and mercy of the Lord as opposed to the, the treason that was committed. Mm, Judas yeah. couldn't get out yeah. of this 
I, I mean, this is a little extrapolation, but couldn't get out of the cycle of depravity and despair of what he had actually done. Um, conversely, that's why Christ actually went on the cross to die, mm. so that we can focus mm. on that. And it's interesting, um, Judas was raised up through hanging on a tree, yeah. but Christ, uh, we remember that our sins were raised up with Christ and nailed to the cross mm. and therefore abolished and obliterated. Mm -hmm. um, and and that's how, and we're brought to life to together with Christ and raised up with him in his resurrection, mm. as opposed to raised up in uh, guilt and shame that leads to, you know, Judas's death. Um, and mm. so kind of focusing on that, mm. that aspect of the story as well. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I think as you're saying that the verse that popped into my mind was Hebrews 12. And it says like, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for us endured the cross, despised its shame, and is now seating at the right hand of God. I think absolutely to your point, Charles, like the way that we don't become just like Judas is remembering who Jesus is. And I think like the other thing that came to me is like remembering the person of Jesus who, like you said, Eli, was a real enough person to Judas to be hurt by his betrayal and is also a real enough person to us to be hurt by our betrayals, but is also a real enough person to us that he made a way for us to receive him and receive life in spite of them mm. like remembering well, the way we don't become like judas is remembering the person that jesus is as loyal and faithful and as someone who has made a way for us mm, um in this way like the I, I intentionally place peter and judas as consecutive episodes because they are kind of two sides of the same coin right they both betrayed jesus yeah. yep. um peter did it because he got scared judas did it because he got scared like they both turned away from the lord um, but to steal something from uh, the pastor of my church, shout out Pastor Ryan. Uh, he was talking about these two in a sermon like months ago. And he made a point that basically said one of them took their betrayal to Jesus. One of them took their betrayal to their grave. And mm. so there's this way to commend us as, as disciples of Jesus Christ to bring even our betrayals to Jesus. Wow. Knowing that he is a big enough person and a faithful enough person to meet us there uh, and so to not turn it inward and say like i'm done for the way that judas kind of decided that for himself but to trust that jesus is big enough to take it and like peter he'll prepare breakfast on the sea and bring about that redemption on uh, a way that is is, is personal to us Amen. yeah preach there's uh, just two scriptures to to back that up um remembering that the person of jesus is actually god yeah, <laughs> right yeah. like god uh, i was reminded of um i think it's first john 1 9 um if we confess our sins he who is faithful and just will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness mm -hmm. uh, if only judas could have heard that mm -hmm. passage um yeah. and going back to the old testament even the old testament lamentations 3 verses 22 through 23 mm -hmm. uh, the steadfast love of the lord never ceases his mercies never come to an end they are new every morning Great is your faithfulness. The faithfulness, mercy, and love of God always is going to overcome the mm. sins, our sins and betrayals of God if we are repentant. And that's just plain truth. Amen. Mm. You better preach. Well, well. Yeah. As a follow-up to both of your points, because there was so much that you all spoke about. Um, speaking about, um, Charles, you mentioned Judas's suicide, and Jarrell, you mentioned so much. I mean, there's – so to begin – like the people that you betray God with aren't necessarily going to be on your side when you start 
uh, finally feeling remorse and conviction for the thing mm. that you did. So, like, when you look at, when you read this depiction of the, the sort of falling out, right before he casts away the 30 shekels, like, he goes to them in an attempt to say, like, what have I done? And they, they blow him off. It's like, we don't we don't care what you do. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so one of the major differences between Peter's betrayal of Jesus and Judas's betrayal of Jesus is that uh, Peter eventually went back to the other disciples. We know this from John chapter 20, verse 19. On the evening of the first day of the week, this is before Jesus reappears directly before them, when the disciples were together. Um, and so like in reading that we understand that Peter returned to his brothers and sisters in Christ mm. Judas tossed away these silver coins and ran off to be by himself and remained by himself until he committed suicide mm. um, and so when we pay attention to the gospels we realize how critical being with the body of Christ being with other believers when you are dealing with your own brokenness is also incredibly important. Mm-hmm. I understand that there are times where like you need to reflect and you need, and you need to, and like we need to understand like, okay, this is between me and God. I've, I've definitely offended him. I've certainly like offered him rebellion when I should be offering repentance, but like you have to be with other people, confessing sins, working through sins, walking next to people, running the race with people is so critical. It's why God joins us together. Um. Yeah, being a part of the church is 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 just a necessity, and you see that not just in how they handled their betrayal, but also in. Yeah, you said it beautifully, or I guess your pastor said it beautifully. Say say the line one more time about death, and then to the grave, and then to. He said, uh, and I'm paraphrasing mm. the Dickens out of this, um, but he said. One of them brought their betrayal to Jesus himself. One of them took it to the grave. I love that. Yeah. 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 Don't. In your brokenness, you are going to have occasions, times, situations where you fall short of what you ought to be doing. I I know I certainly have. But do not let it be your pitfall that lands you in the grave. Like, God is, God loves you um, beyond your understanding. And you, that means that you are actually able to trust him in, in like coming back to him. Like he, when you were born, before you were born, he knew you were going to screw up in a variety of ways and he still put you here anyway. Mm-hmm. Return to the Lord. Yeah. Uh, just to kind of close on your point of aiding and returning to the Lord by being around the body of Christ. I think it's James five. It says like, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. Uh, the like fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And just kind of this push to, in taking things to Jesus, bring it to the body so that it doesn't just kind of eat away at you. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's all for this week. Thanks so much for listening. You can check us out at at atthewell.podbean.com. We upload new episodes every Monday on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. You can also connect with us on Twitter and Instagram by searching Three Guys at the Well and head over to our Facebook page to keep the conversation going and a space reserved for further discussion of the topics we cover in each week's episode. We'll talk to you next week here at the Well.